hello guys, it is Casey here. Welcome to Taskmaster Down Under the Podcast. Uh, This is a special one-off podcast that I've decided to make about my trip to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and my completion of Alex's Best Things to Do in Melbourne list. Um, So yeah, this is just a casual chat, I suppose. If you don't mind listening to someone drawl on about a holiday, (laughs) then, then this is probably the place for you. Just a heads up, I will be talking a little bit about mental health during this because um, I'm sure you guys have heard me say it once before at least, but I do have anxiety and OCD and a few other things. Let's I call them the big five really because I have five technical five disorders, but that's not the point. We don't need, we don't need a list. What the point is, is <laughs> this is going so well so far is that I'm just going to bring it up in the chat because it is something that affects me, I suppose, every day of my life, but especially in terms of what I've done in this holiday I had. So I hadn't actually been anywhere for more than one night in nearly 12 years, which sounds crazy, but just the thought of going away, I mean, between my anxiety and my OCD, it would have been a nightmare and I don't think I could have hacked it. I've thought about going away a few times, but the fear overran my ability to do so until this trip. Uh, So I suppose 12 months ago when I found Taskmaster or just over 12 months, I found Taskmaster, but something changed in me and it was for the better. So I just want to say to Taskmaster and Alex and Greg too, just thank you. I don't think you know what impact this silly, silly little show has on people because if it weren't for Taskmaster, I wouldn't have started this podcast, which is already putting myself out there. I probably wouldn't have found uh, the best things to do in Melbourne list and I wouldn't have messaged Alex for that and I wouldn't have agreed to do any of it and I wouldn't have gone to the comedy festival by myself for five days. So as much as I'm also proud of myself for the work I've put in to me getting to this point, obviously, it has been hell and, you know, also good things too, but it is difficult and I'm proud of me and I'd like to thank Taskmaster. And that is the bit over where I've just thanked Taskmaster for my mental health instead of, you know, my psychologist. But the point is, um, (laughs) I'm back to the point. I still don't have it. (laughs) I guess what I'm saying is just be aware that I'm going to be discussing some of those issues that I faced uh, doing this trip by myself for the first time. Uh, Even though Melbourne's not that far, it was a big deal. And yeah, let's, let's just get into it, see what happens, I suppose. So here's the list. Our best things to do in Melbourne as brought to you by the contestants of the Taskmaster 2010 Edinburgh. Number one, visit the Melbourne Aquarium and see a big bellied seahorse. Number two, buy a dictionary of Aussie slang. Number three, visit Burke Street. Number four, visit Crown Casino. Number five, see the most famous horse of Melbourne. Number six, tour the State Library and see Ned Kelly's armour. Number seven, visit Stickies. Number eight, see the botanical gardens and run around. Number nine, stand at the corner of Burke and Queen Street. Number 10, find the DVD burial ground. Number 11, order tiramisu or crumbrelle at the European. And number 12, purchase and wear an AFL top in public. There we go. So on my first day, I want to get some things ticked off straight away. Early checking at the hotel, thankfully. And then I met with Thomas. Uh, you hopefully remember Thomas from last week's podcast. Thomas took me to the Sticky Institute, which was on my list. So the Sticky Institute is a fanzine shop, 
which I had no idea what to expect. I've never, Thomas had explained it, but I've never seen a fanzine. I've never really sought out one. I wasn't really sure what, <laughs> what anyone was talking about when they said the word fanzine. Um, so I was kind of excited to go and it didn't disappoint. A fanzine is pretty much a fan made magazine. I didn't look that up. I'm just guessing. And <laughs> there were so many of them in this lovely little shop. Um, staff were lovely. It seems like such a friendly place to just hang out, to be honest. And if you're a creative person who likes making little booklets and zines and stuff, that would be the place for you. Um, I did a heap of reading. The creativity in these zines is just like outstanding. They range from like comics to funny stories to really deep and heartfelt personal journeys and kids are making them too and you can purchase them and it was just really lovely. I can see why it was recommended and I can I can definitely see why there would be comedians that would enjoy that kind of shop as well. Just the creativity side of it, the artistry side, um, it makes sense. So that was awesome. I really appreciated Thomas taking me too because, and he's a key factor of how things have changed. I mean, I wouldn't have made it to Stickies by myself because it's in an older building and you have to walk to the back of the building and go up the lift eight or 11 levels. I can't remember. And then you walk down one hallway and then down another hallway behind a door. And I was like, I would not have done any of this by myself. Even now, I know I would have chickened out. So I really appreciated Thomas. I guess my point is, if you are going to the zine shop, Stickies, and you feel like you're in the wrong place, you're probably not. Just keep going. Um, If you're going, Casey would have been worried about this, then yeah, you're in the right spot. And it's great once you get up there. (laughs) But that is exactly the kind of thing that I was like, yep, well, I'm really thankful that uh, Thomas was there. So thank you, Thomas. And also, Thomas gave me the zine that uh, they bought in Adelaide. Does that sound right? Thomas might have to correct me on that. From That's Frickin' Ace. And it's a Greg Davies fanzine. Uh, So I now have that, which is pretty cool. Just the fact that no matter where you go in the world, you can find someone who likes the same things as you. I mean, there's probably a lot of us who like Greg Davies, but, you know, I don't know why. It just freaks, not freaks me out in a bad way. It just freaks me out that we all have these common interests and you just don't know who or, you know, I don't. Ugh. Anyway, this is getting weird. So then after that, I ducked to Dimix. Or maybe I went there before. Doesn't matter. Dimix. I found Dimix on Collins Street. If you're a book person, I'm not talking about like the cute bookshops, obviously. I'm in a big bookshop. But Dimix was huge. I don't know what kind of Dimix you guys have, but this was a massive Dimix. It even had a cafe in it. I was dumbfounded. Anyway, straight in there to look for this slang book magazine magazine now I'm on magazines just a slang book and I found it an Aussie slang book it was perfect it was exactly what I wanted it was 22 fucking dollars and I bought it because I'm an idiot and I know it said buy a slang book but I don't need one I'm I'm Australian I live here I don't need an Aussie slang book I know what the words are mostly (laughs) so anyway I purchased my slang book then I decided that because I don't need it I'll just gift it to a comedian when I think about it next and Yeah, we went from there. So first shows of the night, I was particularly nervous, had no idea what I was doing, never really been to a smaller stand-up show before. So usually it's all ticketed seats and you're in a big hall and a hall, is that the right word? 
and it's kind of in and out over and done. But I was up to see Guy Montgomery and my bl- my brain is blowing me crazy. It's his show. So fucking good, guys. I genuinely cannot believe what I was worried about. I mean, I can. <laughs> I can, but it wasn't the show. So it was unbelievably funny. There was some great chat about Clifford and I didn't know Clifford was an everywhere kind of dog. Did you, have you guys all heard about Clifford? Anyway, I loved it. We, I enjoyed the pajama chat, especially. I mean, I know there was a little bit about drugs in there, but you know, I related specifically to the pajamas because I haven't done drugs. So is this selling a show? Do you think, do you think my review would sell a show? If you relate to drugs, jammies or Clifford, the big red dog, you would enjoy Guy Montgomery's shows. Um, but I was just amazed that there was such a like such a joy in the room. It wasn't like forced laughter and it was it was just it felt like you know, you're so close to the stage. I was in the front because I have no idea what I'm doing. And it feels intimate, even though it was a you know, largish crowd. I genuinely found myself not thinking during Guy's show, which is kind of a f- actually that should go on his poster. During Guy's performance, I didn't think once. That's kind of a, that's a huge compliment, actually. Uh, And then after Guy, I went to New Order, which was Chloe Petz, Huge Davies, and Rob Orton. So, unlike Guy, who I'd obviously known through Taskmaster, and who is exactly the same on stage and on Taskmaster, in my opinion, uh, I didn't know Rob at all. I'd heard of Huge through, like, 8 out of 10 cats, etc., And I'd heard of Chloe, but I don't think I'd seen her stand up. And I just want to say this was one of the highlights. I mean, this kind of set me at ease in terms of what a comedy show is like. I was at the front. I was in the front row again, by the way, which like, how the fuck did that keep happening? That I was like, yeah, I'll be first in line because I need to be first in line and control everything. And then they're like, yeah, well, that means you're at the front. Anyway, it was fine. Go sit at the front for them, actually. It was really good. But their shows were hilarious so they all did completely different things I enjoyed that I got to see the mix of three different people I didn't know that well and I hadn't seen perform before um if I were going to do the comedy festival again which I probably will in the future that is what I would be doing I'd be trying to book shows where there are multiple comedians and yet to experience a bit of everything some new stuff I mean huge I knew what to expect with huge because I've seen the keyboard come out before I know I'm going to hear a catchy tune that's going to have me tapping my foot and it's also going to be hilarious with a bit of a deadpan uh, approach uh Chloe was probably my standout actually just such a such a good vibe also without being weird I think I love her um slightly weird I'm not going to have a identity crisis on this podcast, but I just went, yep, love, like I'm going to have to follow her on Twitter now. So I know what she's doing with her comedy stuff, but really good. And then Rob was a, Rob was a a bit of a surprise. I kind of expected not without knowing when Rob walked on the stage, God, this is going to sound awful. I thought, oh yeah, another awkward British comedian, which I like. That's, that's our jam, but I didn't know what to expect. And then it just turned into this amazing 20 minutes where it ended with this story and I won't give it away but it had me feeling so many emotions where I was like I was laughing a minute ago now I want to cry 
that's interesting. And not even cry in a bad way. It just it felt nice. But yeah, that an, another room that was full of just pure happiness and just laughter, not forced laughter. It was just we're all there doing our thing and having a good time. And yeah, that was probably one of the highlights for me. Um, just seeing all three of them. But yeah, that was day one. That was day one in Melbourne. So not too bad so far. Day two saw me up and about early because I wanted to start ticking off more of this list before I panicked and didn't do any of it. So I went to Melbourne Sea Life Aquarium. Well, I mean, <laughs> the aquarium's the aquarium, you know. I'm not going to over-explain the aquarium. There were fish and there were penguins <laughs> and that's that's what an aquarium is. But I was shocked at the fucking price. 40 something dollars for me to just wander in and for like an hour at the most. I was like, fuck me, this is expensive. I mean, cost of living, the fish have to be fed. I get it. Um, but yeah, just an expensive day out if you're a family. But there were heaps of people there. Um, so I got there early. It was probably like 9.30, no, 10. It would have been 10 by the time I got there. And it was already very, very busy with families. So yeah, I would suggest going early and getting that out of the way of a morning trip would be my suggestion. But if you've got kids, they would absolutely love it. Um, I did have a nice time. I mean, it was relaxing. I did just wander around looking at fish and sharks and little stingrays. The only thing was they're doing renovations. So shark walk was closed, which is what I look forward to the most. Uh, so that was a little bit disappointing. But um, yeah, it was it was worth it. I mean, I found what I was there for was to see the big bellied seahorse, which I did. Found the seahorse. Thrilled with that because I hadn't looked up whether they were still there or not beforehand, which is kind of silly. Um, would have been grumpy if I'd paid 40 bucks to not see the seahorse that I went for. But yeah, it was, I think, a good day out. Uh, not really a whole day, a couple hours at the most. Get there early. I had a good time, even though I was on my own. Like I said, it was pretty relaxing. Um, but was it worth it? I don't know. I think I'd go back if the shark walk was there. That's kind of what I'm saying. There was a little bit more. But I just, I felt like David Attenborough. I mean, the pe- this one penguin was obsessed with me. I got some great photos. Uh, so from the aquarium, I walked across the bridge to Crown where I had to go to the casino. Uh, yeah, it does what it says on the tin. I walked in, I felt awkward. I was trying to take, uh, footage and then I felt suspicious. So I didn't do that. And then security were watching me probably cause I was walking around looking suspicious. I felt underage. I'm nearly 30. I hightailed it out of there pretty quick to be quite honest with you. Then I went for a warm wander. I wandered down the Yarra and yeah, I mean, it was a gorgeous day, but I'll say this, take like wear layers, wear things that you can take off because I'd started in a thick cardigan and jeans. And by the end, I was sweating through all of my clothes. Like it was shirt off. There was a point where I thought maybe I should just take my pants off. Um, I didn't. But that's how hot it got. And it was only 24 degrees. So my Welbin, Welbin? My Melbourne weather. <laughs> Welbin. My Melbourne weather advice is to wear layers and be able to take off as many clothes as possible. Uh, so I actually found that a dress with a cardigan was better because I could easily take off the cardigan and then the dress was cool enough to walk around in. But then I went to the botanical gardens. I was flying through this shit. Uh, 
that's kind of where I forgot how to work trams. So public transport is completely new to me in a way. Um, up until last, maybe last year, the year before, I hadn't actually really caught a tram with anyone really. I didn't know how. And now I felt like I was, you know, becoming pretty proficient in it, except I got off two stops too early and I couldn't really read my map. It wasn't loading properly. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in the gardens practically. It won't be far to walk to them. Except I wasn't in the gardens. I was just in a fucking park. And the gardens were another nearly 2k away. And I was fucking wrecked by the time I got there. I mean, here's another tip. Wear walking shoes. Wear sneakers or joggers or runners, whatever you want to call them. Put on your sneaks and don't wear stuff that's going to hurt your feet if you get off the tram too early. Um, but the sights on the way to the botanical gardens were just as beautiful as what I saw in them. That's kind of what surprised me. Uh, I found some beautiful spots. I mean, they were just so beautiful. What a beautiful day. There were beautiful people running past looking fit and healthy and me sweating and red in the face and couldn't breathe walking to the get to the gardens because I can't read the tram stops. Um, The gardens themselves were fine. I feel like I'm being mean to the gardens, but I was so exhausted by the time I got there that I just went, I don't know what I'm here for, really. I was meant to run around. So instead of running around the gardens, because how the fuck can I do that? I run around a circle in the gardens. And I'm saying that fucking counts, okay? You cannot do this list complete as me. I'd like to know if Alex Horn ran around the fucking gardens. Let me tell you that. Anyway, the gardens were lovely, but the park outside was just as beautiful, to be quite honest. Um, It's the kind of place where I would... I would definitely catch the tram as close as possible and then start walking around. And I think it would be nicer to walk with people and not by yourself. Because, yeah, that was just me in my mind looking at trees. Um, Yeah, so that was three more things ticked off for my day practically. And then I had to get ready for the big three shows that night, which were Mark Watson, Tim Key and Guy Mont's Spelling Bee, which I was so excited about. Um, just while we're talking about big shows and stuff, I feel like I probably should mention this, but one of the things I really struggled with during the shows was the proximity of the people next to me. And that is not on the people next to me. That is the way the shows are set up to have as many seats as possible really close together. So you are thigh to thigh and shoulder to shoulder with people the whole way through every single show. It was the same the night before too. Um, but I really felt it this night in particular. I think it was just becoming overwhelming because with the three shows back to back, I was practically, I mean, rubbing up against people for five hours in total, Lily. And that is a lot for someone like me who I don't, I struggle to hug people. I've had to learn how to hug people again. Um, I've had that kind of OCD where I haven't wanted to touch anyone or, you know, anything to be quite honest as well. Um, so that was a new experience, but it was really overwhelming. Uh, also I do get really fidgety when I'm anxious. So I was constantly worried that I was fidgeting too much and annoying people, which doesn't make you feel better during a comedy show. I was grateful that for most of the show, like during it, I was very in the moment, but as soon as the joke stopped, that just gave my brain too much time to think about the touching of everyone and the how I'd been affecting them and if I was laughing too loud and all of that. So there is a fair bit of stuff that goes on in my mind as soon as I stop laughing, (laughs) which I mean, I'm just, 
I'm kind of used to that. So this isn't to make you go like, oh, that sucks. Like, yeah, that's that's just what I deal with every day. So um, it was just a f- another thing adding to that experience, I suppose, of me going, God, I feel a bit uncomfortable being around this many people. And that was probably the only night where I really noticed and it became very, I became very aware of it. You know what I mean? My advice would be, and I didn't figure this out on the night and I wish I had it, but instead of lining up to get there first, especially if you're by yourself, you don't need to. Because what will happen is they will have single seats at the end of the aisles that they will try and fill with people who are there by themselves. And I could have easily filled those seats instead of panicking about missing out and trying to be first in. So that is my advice to the stage at the edge of the seats is probably the best. Um, But they also offer accessibility stuff for people who need it as well. So I suppose if you have accessibility requirements, um, then you can talk to the venues. So just in case you're wondering, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival does have their accessibility stuff all online as well. And you can contact them about your needs. But yeah, so Mark Watson was up first and his show Search. What a show. I mean, Mark... I don't, obviously I don't know any of the comedians, right? Not personally. I know of Mark. I've spoken to Mark briefly on Twitter, but that's not knowing him. Uh, And so I was amazed at how he managed to make us feel like we were all just old friends. Um, Oh, my battery's going to die. Hang on one second. Let's fix this. I'm back. Okay, so he made us feel like we're all old friends or something. He starts this show with four lies and a truth. And he gives you some time to Google the answers and try and figure it out. And then across the show, he reveals which ones were lies and which ones, which one was the truth. So it's a really good way to make your audience, I guess, feel at ease at the start of the show. Um, He's just such a, such an it's funny to say easygoing because I know how Mark comes across as not that, but he really was like an absolute profe- seasoned professional. Uh, the show was really funny. He talked about the journey with his or the journey with his son and his dad and about things we've Googled. And let me tell you, the amount of net worths I have Googled is outstanding and I still don't understand how net worth is calculated. Um, but... It was really good and really relatable content, even though I'm not a dad or whatever. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Another show where it was just, it was, it was easy. It felt easy and it felt good. It felt good to be there and be a part of that. So thank you to Mark Watson for that. And yeah, Taskmaster never changed. Seems, seems like Mark the whole way through. Um, I met him briefly afterwards and a really lovely person. I also met Chloe Pets and again, really lovely. I think I've already spoken about Chloe, so let's just not, let's not go on. Uh, Tim Key with Mulberry was next up. Now, I've never seen any of Tim Key's stand up. I've never read his poetry outside of Instagram. So I really wasn't sure what to expect, but I knew it was a show about lockdown and it was really good. And I mean like really, really good. Um... Just the way he was able to talk about it, and especially in Melbourne, where you would expect it'd be a tough crowd talking about lockdowns um, with everything they've been through. But yeah, it was just an outstanding show. I mean, the highlights, the the way he brings in the humour with the loneliness and the sadness of the lockdowns and the 
deep meaning behind the poetry. I mean, having the audience interact, you've got someone holding beer, someone helping him onto a fridge, uh, the bears there. It's just, it's such a great show and it really makes you think. I mean, I was so lucky to not be by myself during lockdown. And I think that's kind of what I took out of the show. Like there was this kind of gratefulness that I had other people. And this, I don't know. I mean, we all went a little bit weird during lockdown, right? He talked about putting on weight, but not only did I put on weight, I bought a ukulele and hula hoop and rollerblades. So, you know, welcome to lockdown. Anyway, that was a wonderful, wonderful show. And Tim Key's a lovely person. So nothing unexpected there highly recommend no matter if you know their work or not go see those two um but especially if you love taskmaster i think they're going to live up to your expectations if not exceed them uh and that brings us to the last show of the night guy mont spelling bee with special guest ed gamble courtney dawson chloe Petz, and tim key now i must admit i got lucky here because i went i booked the tickets three weeks earlier knowing in my heart of hearts that Tim Key would be announced as the guest, which was just a wild guess from me. And he was. It was every bit of the insanity you would expect from Spelling Bee. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. You can watch it online. But there's also a version on YouTube with the Series 2 cast of Taskmaster. And once I'd seen that, I kind of knew what to expect from a live show, I think. If you enjoyed that and the random chaos, then you would enjoy a live show. So for the love of God, it doesn't matter who's doing the lives, go see one. That is just pure chaos and fun. Christ, we had a laugh. Oh, we laughed and laughed. Um, It went exactly as you'd expect. Tim Key knows how to fucking spell because of course he does. But the others were kind of shit. No offense to them. Uh, Kind of shit. And then the tables were turned and we had a Tim Key loss. It was huge. The crowd went wild because I couldn't believe it. And then we had a three-way tie for first for Ed, Chloe and Courtney. And it was, you couldn't have scripted a better comeback from them. Honestly, it was like watching a magic show or something. I don't know. A miracle happened in front of you. So of course that was just the most fun. I'm so glad I went to that. And Guy has a hit show on his hands, man. I mean, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. And if you can get to a live one, do that too. So at the end of all that, in case of me being purely honest about everything, I did find that I was overwhelmed by the end of those three shows. And it sounds silly because I loved them and I laughed and I had a genuinely great time during them. I don't want people to think I didn't. But afterwards is when I tend to crash and I crashed hard. I cried for like an hour when I got back to the hotel and I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this again. I can't do any more shows. I don't think I can go out by myself. I started to fully have a panic attack about the whole thing. Um, And then I had a sleep and I woke up and went, nope, I'm not going to let that happen. I have to go do something. So the next day I went to the state library. And on the way, I managed to wander past, well, I didn't actually wander past it. I had to go up the fucking hill and find it, but Queen and Burke Street, which was on my list. So when Alex sent me the list, he mentioned that there was a fine art gallery to stand at and look opposite. Well, there was no gallery. There was just grey buildings and demolition. So it didn't feel very cathartic, if that's what it was meant to feel. It felt stressful. 
and my legs hurt from walking up the hill. So that was a bust, but I did do it. And then I wandered down Burke Street, which was another one, and to through Chinatown to the State Library. I think the State Library, in my own mind, was going to be crap, but it was great. I thought, why am I walking to a library? But it was it's genuinely full of history, some beautiful art. Uh, the reading room is gorgeous. And there was a great exhibition on the Fringe Festival while I was there. So all in all, even though it's you go, why would I go to the library? Definitely worth a quick hour trip around it. You know, just have a wander. Immerse yourself in the history of the library. And that one was probably a highlight for me. And it's free. I mean, the sometimes the free things are the best things, you know? So that was awesome. After that, I thought I need a break. I need to recharge because I'm running low on energy. I'm ro- low on steam. And I went back to the hotel and had a nap. And then my housekeeper walked in on me because I turned off the privacy sign instead of turning on the privacy sign. And that was the most awkward moment of my life, I thought. Yeah, that was fun. So just a heads up to check what signs mean if you haven't stayed in hotels before. And and maybe um, nap with clothes on. That would be the next bit of advice. Cool. And that leads me to that night where... I decided to randomly buy some tickets. So I went and saw Wax Quizzical, which is a podcast. Please go listen to the podcast. It is so much fun. Um, I have heard it before, but I wasn't overly familiar with it. Like I don't follow it like I follow Taskmaster, which is like nothing else. But uh, the guests on Wax Quizzical were David O'Doherty. O'Doherty? Doherty. You know, David, uh, Jillian Cosgriff and Guy Montgomery. And it was fucking hilarious. I'm really glad I went to that. Um, I thought it would pick me up a bit and it absolutely did. Again, it was one of those random shows that you just, you get such a buzz from the banter on stage between people and with the audience and it's so worth it. So once again, my advice is just to go to those ones as well. Like pick your faves, pick your main faves Go see the big single shows, but go find the little ones too um, and get involved. That will be my advice for next year because I assume I'm going to go back. But I'll try and see some more smaller shows um, and not so many town hall based shows, I suppose, is what I'm saying. So I also bought tickets to see Paul Williams in the moonlight. So Paul's in the moonlight is a pretty much it's almost like watching a movie it is a story told by paul uh but paul is playing someone who's playing paul so that's nice although i forgot all about that by the end of the show uh it has got music it's got sick beats it's got his beautiful fucking voice which i keep forgetting he has it's got technology and milky ways and it's a really funny show it had it was quite an intimate audience again, uh, but it was just so so good, and not one of your mainstream kind of stand up shows. It was it was kind of what I needed that night actually. And Paul is so fucking lovely. Like again, what I thought all these comedians would be kind of pricks, but they're not. So Paul's show was really great. Uh, I did notice he said that ticket sales were down, which is so disappointing to hear because I loved it so. If you have a chance, please go fill in your time and see Paul. 
I know there's not long left of this festival, but just do it. It was worth every penny. And I would go again in a heartbeat if I could. Um, so yeah, In the Moonlight was fantastic. Five out of five stars. Loved it. So a much better night was had, a much more restful night. Got to bed much earlier and then woke up fresh as a daisy on the Sunday, ready for another adventure. I managed a little bit of a sleep in, which felt like a luxury. And then I decided I was going to go to the museum. Uh, so that was my main goal for the day, to get to the museum. So the museum, I don't know how much it cost to enter, but it didn't, like, I didn't go, oh, fuck, that's a lot of money. So it kind of been too bad, but I did, um, I have been there before. So I, I thought I'd kind of be seeing similar things, but they do have new exhibitions. So they had the Triceratops skeleton, which was pretty cool on the dinosaur walk. Uh, they had like an exhibition where I think it was high schoolers put together design briefs for new inventions. And that was incredible. Honestly, people are so fucking talented. Incredible. Bravo to them. Uh, we looked at the meteorites and the nature stuff and there was like this garden area, like an ecosystem and it was really calming, but I forgot why I was there for most of it. I was there to see the most famous horse of Melbourne, which is Farlap, of course. So eventually I happened to accidentally wander into a room and went, oh, there's Farlap. Oh, I need a picture with him. And that was the Melbourne Museum. Again, it was school holiday, so it was fucking mental just people and families everywhere and you know there's kids throwing shit around and I'm just like you know what if you've got kids it makes sense but when you're on your own you probably want to pick a less hectic time to be there I would suggest going as early as possible and not in the holidays if you just want to have a quiet wander and again this has nothing to do with the people that were there it's just how I would normally enjoy it would be you know more quiet less mayhem um but it was still Still a good time, still worth doing. Got caught in a flash flood slash downpour on the way out. So another tip is take your fucking umbrellas in Melbourne. Don't trust anything. Don't trust the weather. It's all a lie. Um, on the way back from there, I decided to stop by the European, even though I found out it was closed when I was looking it up, just in case, because I wanted that tiramisu, baby. But nope, the European was closed. So... I didn't get the tiramisu and then I went to the DVD shop play which isn't far from there and I was amazed at the sheer quantity of DVDs, CDs, vinyls. They had everything except burial ground. They'd sold out which I could not believe. What does sold out mean do you think? Do you think sold out means like they sold out years ago and hadn't replaced it or do you think it means they just sold out of it and they hadn't got new stock in yet? I don't know but that was disappointing because that meant my last two, well, two, two, two out of three were stuff I couldn't do, which made me very sad. And the task, if this was Taskmaster, I'd have people very disappointed in me. Um, and then the last one was to purchase an AFL top and wear it in public, which was, I mean, I've had AFL tops before. It doesn't fit me anymore because, you know, COVID and growing up. But I went and purchased my Essendon shirt and I wore it out to get a hot chocolate and to buy a postcard. So I did that and I felt embarrassed. I realized Melbourne's like one of the homes of football, but I just felt awkward in it. Essendon weren't even playing that day. Um, so yeah, I managed to do 10 out of the 12 things on this list, but I'm going to throw in a curveball. When I was talking to Mark Watson, 
he mentioned that his uh, best thing to do in Melbourne was to take Alex up and down the lift for an hour and give him compliments, pretty much say nice things about the friendship and him and what he means to him. And I was like, how the hell am I going to recreate that? So what I decided to do was every time I got in a lift from speaking to Mark onwards, I was going to say something nice about Alex and record it. Well, that was fucking difficult. <laughs> I mean, I said at the start of this how great it, how great Alex is and blah, blah, blah. But also, I don't know Alex. But it's hard to compliment someone you don't know. Um, aside from the general, like, oh, you seem like a lovely person. You have nice hair or whatever. Like, it's mostly just made up shit. But I found like I just kept saying the same thing because every time I got in the lift, I had about six seconds to video it and I panicked. So the lift rides became almost the most difficult part of my journey, which I brought on myself. Let's face it. And you know what? Alex is probably the most amazing person in the world. He did send me those things and he was lovely. So it shouldn't have been that hard for me to say lovely things, but it was just panic. I just panicked and I've panicked again now talking about it. Technically, I've now done 11 out of 13 tasks. So there you go. And then my last shows were Ed Gamble's Electric and Ursula Carlson's, um, what's it? Just No. So Ed Gamble's was the surprise one for me. I actually managed to get in about, not late, but midway through the, through the thing and end up sitting near the edge next to someone lovely from Brisbane who was also a Taskmaster fan and an off-menu fan. And I've told them to watch Taskmaster New Zealand, which they've promised to. I hope you're listening. And... Yeah, Ed's was really funny. I did, I've never seen Ed stand up. Um, obviously, we know him from Taskmaster and the official podcast. And I love his humor. And I love him and James on Off Menu as well. And it was exactly... I mean, he's just the same silly boy. <laughs> That's all I can say. There were times where I actually thought it was James Acaster on stage. Sometimes they sound unbelievably similar. Uh, but it was really funny. There was a bit that he did about, this is how you promote a show. There's a bit that he did about shoving a straw up her, or not, he wasn't shoving a straw up her fucking bird's ass, but there was a bit about a straw in a bird's ass. And he asked what bird we were thinking of, and I was thinking of a blackbird. So when I mentioned to you just before about shoving a, or having a straw up a bird's ass, what bird were you picturing? Because he was thinking of a seagull. And yeah, I was just trying to think of the most English bird I could, I could, apparently. And that's how I came up with Blackbird during the show. Uh, But yeah, it was really funny. He talked about lockdown and about trying to get married and about going to the gym. It was such a good show. Just silly, silly fun. That was another one where I actually felt a lot more comfortable during that. And I had a genuinely enjoyable time once again where I just just smiled and giggled the whole way through. Even with the prudish Sunday crowd, as he called us. I was just having a lovely time sitting there giggling away like a lunatic. Um, So, yeah, I would definitely recommend seeing Ed Gamble. And hopefully he comes back next year as well. I want them all to come back next year, actually. Do you think they will? Fingers crossed. Then I went to Ursula. Now, obviously, Ursula is a seasoned professional. And I've seen her in so many things. I mean, she's a regular and have you been paying attention? I've seen her in Taskmaster. I've seen her stand up on television before. There's nothing I was surprised about with Ursula. See, there was nothing that surprised me about this performance. And not in a mean way. I mean, it was enjoyable. I laughed. It was also the worst I felt in terms of the seating arrangements. Um, So I was, I suppose I was a bit claustrophobic and panicking the whole way through that anyway. But I just felt like I'd heard it all before. 
And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I would definitely go see comics over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but I feel like I shouldn't have left it for the last performance. I feel like the last performance should have been someone new again. Just to keep me, keep that high going, you know. Um, but it, again, it was just a good show. Just a laugh. And yeah, I think you guys, if you enjoy Ursula, you would enjoy a show. That's pretty much it. That was my whole trip done. So yeah, it was eye-opening and difficult at times and a lot by myself for five days, but I am unbelievably glad I did it. I'm so happy I went. Uh, I enjoyed every every comedy show. I enjoyed all of that stuff. Uh, I would 100% see all those same people again tomorrow, really. Honestly, there's a part of me that's like, just go back. Can't do that, but... But yeah, I'll be back next year, definitely, and I'm really happy. That was exactly what I needed. Um, turns out we all need a break every now and then, and seeing comedy shows helps. It's all a bit of a laugh, isn't it? So yeah, that was that was my week summed up in 40 minutes, which is a fairly long time for you guys to be listening to me go on about it, but thank you anyway for being here, and thank you for, I guess everything um for your support and your chats on twitter and all of that fun stuff Uh, you guys are amazing and if you can get to the comedy festival still do it there's only what's today three days left so just do it you're not gonna regret it um yeah that's me all right well peace out and (laughs) i know i said peace out peace out and i'll talk to you when i eventually get around to new zealand series one All right, bye.